Hello, funky listeners, and welcome to another episode of Funk Radio. This is your host, Kyle. And this is your host, Peter. Hello and welcome to Funk Radio. Hello, listeners. Hi again. We're back. If you happen to listen to these episodes in chronological order, which I hope you did, because that's the only way you're going to understand this final episode of Funk Radio, Funk Radio Endgame, (laughs) (laughs) you have to have listened to all 246 episodes beforehand to catch all the little uh, tidbits and callbacks in this episode. I like how our endgame episode is like three away from 215. <laughs> we get so well, close, we're like, ah, it's the end. Pretty much. Oh, well, I mean, what, what? how many movies came out before Avengers? 22? They could have done 25, like but mm-hmm. they didn't. Uh, spoiler alert, Peter dies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um... So on this podcast, instead of talking about weird comic characters, uh, we're going to talk about weird music players. If you happen to listen to our last episode, we um, pooped that idea out when we were talking about... I think it was a few episodes ago, actually. Yeah, I think you're right. It was, I was trying yeah. to remember uh, which one it was. Uh, yeah, it was the episode when we talked about um, mini formats, and we... T- there was an episode where we talked about mini CDs. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I remember that now. And um, on that episode, I'm talking about mini mini CDs, which were little three-inch versions of, of regular five-inch discs. Uh, we had mentioned a Sony music player that played them, uh, and thus right. this episode was born. Uh, I guess we'll start off with that one then, but we picked, like, four or five like weird uh different i guess music playing format whatever you call them portable players the first one which we did talk about previously is called the sony d88 which came out in 1990 the year we were born and it was a portable mini cd player now i think the way you described peter was even though it could fully encase a mini CD, which is a three-inch disc. In order to play regular five-inch discs, it clamped onto it like a sandwich where the disc, the diam, like the radius of the disc stuck out from like yeah. the corner of it. Yeah, It almost it's... looks like if you make a sandwich, but then you take the bologna and you like offset it. <laughs> yeah, I think this is, I mean, unfortunately, you know, I think this was this would have been a good video episode, but um, I know I was thinking I, that too. I think this is one where our listeners are gonna have to, um, at least to get the full experience, they're gonna have to go uh, look up pictures of these things. Um, yeah, the Sony D eighty eight. I think that's as you said, this kind of uh, spawned this whole topic, and uh, yeah, it is really bizarre because when you think about how fragile or easily scratched CDs are. It seems really impractical to have a portable CD player with half of the CD sticking out of the thing itself. Um, and granted, like you said, it was not really meant necessarily for five-inch regular CDs. But I just find it really amusing that it can do that, and then it does it in the weirdest way possible. Um, well, what's what's <laughs> extra weird about it is, like, in a way, it kind of was meant for five-inch CDs because, like you said, although it can play three-inch discs, how many three-inch discs that had music on them were there 
around at the time. Well, I think that was part of the um, the whole point of that episode was basically it wasn't that kind of... I mean, it might have been a little common, you know, in... I think it was between 89 and 92 or some something like that. It was a very narrow time. And I don't know how much actually caught on. Mm-hmm. Um, you can still... I mean, with CDRs and RWs, you could still record your own uh, mini music CDs today True. fairly easily. Um, so I wonder if that is more the practical, you know, use of that, uh, player. True. Uh, the, the two funny things that I did find about this particular, uh, CD player is that in order to play five inch discs, you had to do two things. First, there was like this little blue bar that was almost like a border for the lid, when it when you closed it on a three inch disc, it you know would completely seal it. I guess you have to uh, basically lift that bar in order for a five inch disc to stick out of it, and then the uh, I guess what you would call the axis that you put the disc on on a three inch disc, it resides right in the middle of the player because the three inch disc fits completely inside. But in order to play a five inch disc, there's a little switch on the back of the player that you have to flip that moves oh, that I didn't think axis about that. over to towards the bottom right corner of the player so that yeah, it could yeah, encompass yeah. the it could encompass the larger five inch radius or two and a half inch radius, whatever. And I think this is another thing where it looking at pictures definitely helps. Because I'm looking at pictures right now as you described this. And yeah, I didn't think about that actually. That's really interesting. I didn't think about that until it was described. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess that it's the only way it would be able to play five inch discs. Right. But yeah, no, I thought that was an interesting, interesting little mechanism that they created—a drive wheel that can move. Right. Uh, now I think basically the entire logic of them creating this was that it was dubbed as the world's smallest portable CD player, which it was. <laughs> uh, I think it still is. I don't think they, were, they ever made anything smaller than that. But again, like you said, mm. it's kind of impractical. Right. Most CD players or Walkman, you could, you know, if you had a big jacket, you could put it in your pocket. Mm-hmm. This, because the CD is spinning outside of the player, yeah. kind of, it kind of defeats almost the makes purpose it less it portable. Being, yeah. <laughs> Which is the really funny thing to me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. All the demos that I, that I see of people playing discs from it, it's sitting on a table. Which right completely like you said defeats the purpose so well, it's almost like an exercise in silliness yeah and you know as it like a i guess more practically you could maybe use it as like a display model basically like they're doing on a table and um that's reminding me because i think i looked up in the other episode too like what they are on ebay because like as much as i don't really care about cds in general i would really like to have one of these mm-hmm. um but for you know, even a non-working one on eBay is over a hundred dollars, and they're three, four, five hundred dollars for complete sets. So, so they're very um, sought after. That. Yeah, it does seem like there's definitely like a niche collector industry of like people that go out and collect these sort of weird, uh, tech, I don't, archaic tech oddities, I guess. Mm-hmm. So things like that, and like original Sony Walkmans from the 70s or late, oh, yeah. early 80s become really expensive because they're, 
you know, old technology that in, if you have it like it in an original box and it still kind of works, it's probably, you know, a decent investment. Well, even See, if it's highly, you know, used a lot and, you know, like I said, even like partially not even working, like you're still paying a lot. It's not a cheap hobby by any means. Yeah, very true. Very true. But maybe part of the thrill of it is, you know, like restoring them and whatever. I don't maybe. really know. Maybe. Um, but yeah, I, that I, I don't quite have the capital to spend $500 on a weird CD player. Nor do I. Yeah, especially since I don't even think I have CDs anymore. I don't have... I might have a couple somewhere, but yeah, I, I yeah. really don't. <laughs> uh, spe- speaking of dead formats, um, the next one is even more dead, uh, which is ironic because this next device we're talking about actually came out two years ago. Uh, it's called the <laughs> Elbow, and it is a portable cassette player, which I know doesn't really sound like much because there was a ton of portable cassette players at the time that cassettes kind of blew up. But this particular player is a bit unique uh, in that it... I don't really know how to describe how this thing looks. It it looks like one of those, you know, little mini staplers you get. Hmm. Uh, it's like probably the size of a mini stapler that it clamps down onto uh, one of the one two... One of the holes. Yeah, one of the two holes of the cassette... And through magic and witchcraft, um, plays the cassette music. Uh, now I think this thing was like a, a Kickstarter project. Yeah, um, I think that's where I originally saw it. Yeah, and it was it was originally unveiled by this what they're calling themselves an audiovisual art organization called Brain Monk, uh, which is legitimately a cool name. Uh, and it was released back in 2016. Uh, the concept that they prototyped this on is basically what if a cassette player didn't have any of that, you know, the casing of a normal, say, you know, portable cassette player that protects the the cassette itself and the cassette player and contains rather, all of the mechanisms. <laughs> Touche. Um, and I guess the way it works is it uses a single pulley. Uh, to drive the tape, so it's, you know, spinning the one of the two uh, holes, and it tracks the tape with an optical sensor to keep a constant playback speed, which I guess is actually a problem with cheaper cassette players, uh, is that sometimes the music would speed up or slow down. Hmm. And basically, the, the elbow, it's, the elbow it's, it has, like, these two arms, and one of them lifts up almost like an alligator's mouth, uh, fun fact about alligators, their lower jaw doesn't move. Uh, only their upper jaw does. So when they Is that clap, a real fact or is that a funk radio fact? No, that's a real fact. I learned it I from Steve, the, the greatest animal person alive, Steve Irwin. Oh. Yeah, their their bottom jaw is, is almost kind of locked in place and their top jaw just moves up and down, but because it has so, so much bite force, the bottom jaw doesn't really need to move. Um, Another fun fact, uh, if you uh, put a cassette in an alligator's mouth, it will play. (laughs) Also, if you put a clock in an alligator's mouth, it will tick. We learned that from Peter Pan. (laughs) I thought you were going to go somewhere with time travel, but I'm I'm thinking about it too hard, apparently. (laughs) 
<laughs> if you put a clock in an alligator's mouth, you invented a time machine. <laughs> oh, terrible. Well, that derailed very quickly. Yes. Um, yeah, I like the design of this thing a lot, though. Like, again... It's aesthetically I think pleasing, this, for sure. Yeah, I think it capitalizes on something we've talked about in recent episodes about just a, a combination of nostalgia, but also, like, here, you know, here's a way to um, enjoy that stuff that you remember back in, you know, the 80s or, you know, any time in the previous decades, but in a new way and uh, whatever. And so I, I think the design of it is very interesting. It's very unique. I've never seen anything like it. Um, I don't have a cassette collection. Yeah, that I, I, would use this I haven't for. had cassettes since. Gosh, I was like a 90s kid. I had a little boom box that had a dual cassette tape. I know I've talked about this before. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm i I'm trying to... Th- like So from a portability sp- perspective on this one too, similar to the uh, other thing, it's... Um, I don't know if I would feel comfortable putting this in my pocket because, you know, I think it, it it's... Cassettes are generally more durable in that sense than CDs are, but you, yeah, you've still a got point. a bit of the bottom tape area exposed and i would worry about that getting screwed up somehow mm-hmm. if it was in your pocket so it's like you almost have to clip it on the outside and hope that dirt and stuff doesn't get into it yeah that is a good point though that cassettes themselves are much more durable um than cds so this one might be a bit more resilient if you just threw it in your pocket and attached to it. one thing it doesn't say on here at least unless i'm just missing something is whether this has some sort of a headphone jack or because there's no way this thing is big enough to have a speaker inside it. It has to. Right. I yeah. think it might actually also have Bluetooth in it. It's been a long time since I've looked at their website. Um, mm. Let me actually look that up really quick. Because I'm pretty sure it has a regular headphone jack, but it might also yeah. have uh, Bluetooth, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, combining <laughs> combining Bluetooth and cassettes. Now that's something that's kind of funny. Uh, well, okay, I see a picture with a headphone jack. Um, so that okay. at least is that. Um. Well, their website is uh, uh, gone apparently, oh. <laughs> so I don't know if they're actually producing these. That means uh, they probably ran off with the money. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. Well, um, I mean, people have video reviews of them and everything, so I think at least some were produced. I just don't know if they're actually doing it anymore. It it's probably a problem not. that it's it might be a problem that plagues a lot of uh, those. Kickstarters where they end up making almost too much money, and then they're like, "Oh crap, we can't, you know, scale to make all of these things that people have ordered," and then they go belly up. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That that's, that's the one. That's my one reservation. Why I've never really invested in a lot of Kickstarters is sometimes they're almost too successful for their own good. Where it's like, "Oh no, now we have to make fifty thousand of these things because people have quote unquote ordered them." And, you know, we can't scale to fit that production and people get upset. Even with, like, because they probably their their goal was only going to allow them to make, you know, 10,000. Exactly. And then, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, you we know you gave us money, but you're not going to get a record player for, you know, 18 months. And then people get pissed off. And yeah, so, so that's too bad. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I like the idea a lot, though. And I think it's uh, it's definitely unique. Yeah, for sure, for sure. The next one we have, I think, was also a Kickstarter, but I think it was a bit more successful because I think you can buy these. Um, yeah, it's well, called... they have a website that works and you can buy things. Wow, that's yeah. expensive, though, shit. How much? 
$550. Yeah, I was going to say, let me introduce it first. Uh, So (laughs) (laughs) That thing that we don't know. um, So this, yeah, the third thing I noticed is called the Gramavox. It's a vertical record player. This is going to be hard to describe, too. Uh, So... Well, basically, just imagine a record player, but, you know, instead of it being flat like a dinner plate, you flip it up on its edge and it uh, rotates vertically, kind of like a steering wheel, but more vertical than that. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to describe it. (laughs) To be honest, I was going to say $550 actually isn't that much for a record player. Uh, I mean, that's pe- not. A, yeah, you probably have a good point there. And if, for for it being so unusual, I'm sure that's actually probably not as bad as it could be. And apparently, they're completely sold out. They have a lot of good reviews, though, so that's good. Um, so yeah, this uh, similar to the elbow, this Gramavox uh, was also a Kickstarter that obviously was successful enough that they make them and sell them, and they've sold out. The interesting thing about this particular design is that they were definitely going for aesthetics here. It's not really meant to be, like, portable. It's more just meant to be a more aesthetically pleasing way to view your records while they're playing. Right, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a like a wooden platform that has a built-in amplifier with speakers. And, like like Peter said, that the disc resides on top and it, it faces you fully with the needle sort of put up against it uh oh they're they're uh they're from chicago that makes them awesome so i guess it's called the floating record i didn't know if it had a name but i guess floating record vertical turntable yeah Uh, that's cool so yeah basically the way it works is it's kind of an all-in-one design it includes stereo speakers it has an internal 15 watt amplifier uh and it has a volume knob right in the i guess right of the uh, record, what do you call it, record belt. Hmm. Yeah, I guess, for those of you who don't know how record players work, usually the pl- what's called the platter, is where the record sits on, is turned by a belt mechanism. And and the front, the front and the on the wooden platform seems to have a rotational thing that is connected by a belt to the, exactly, the platter yeah. vertically. It looks kind of interesting. So that really, I mean, that leaves the belt exposed, which I assume is not normal in mm. other more standard no, designs. No, no, definitely, definitely I don't not. Think usually, I've never seen that before. Yeah, usually the belt mechanism is contained under the platter. There's some, there's some like lower end record ta- players that like the, you can see the belt on the outside, but mm. generally, you know, they keep the belt hidden because you don't want to mess with it. <laughs> you know, this is going to be a weird comment, but if if vinyl, I I think. Probably the 90s and the early 2000s was kind of when vinyl was at its low point. Um, yeah. If I were to guess. Um, if they made <laughs> if they made uh, turntables in the 90s, you know what they would have looked like? They would have been clear colored plastic so you could see inside it. Oh, hell yeah. I would be so down <laughs> for that shit. I was just... I think we were just having a conversation about this. I loved... I'm going to go off the rails here. Sorry. I loved the sort of transparent plastic aesthetic that was really prevalent in the 90s. Yeah. You know, I also think a lot of that was uh, pushed by Nintendo, but, like, you know, they had the Game Boys and the N64s, and they all came with, like, that colored transparent plastic. Uh, That one Mac computer, same thing. Yeah, the iMac was the other one I was thinking of. It came in all the different colors. 
Yeah, it had that transparent plastic. And I really liked, it sounds stupid, but I really liked that aesthetic. And I kind of wish that would come back a little bit. Not necessarily with, like, phones or anything. Like, I don't want to see, like, a transparent phone. That's kind of unnecessary. That would be weird. Right? I mean, I don't know. You'd probably just see, like, oh, look, it's, like, 90% battery. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Yep. What were we talking about? <laughs> we were talking about uh, vertical turntables, which somehow turned into that. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the design, like we, I think we've just done a fairly good job describing it. It's fairly yeah. straightforward. Yeah. Um, uh, it is very minimalist looking overall. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. And it does seem like a lot of record players are kind of moving to that more minimalist style, you know, super simple, which I think is cool. Yeah. Uh, the one I have, the project carbon even though it's black it's super minimal it's just you know the arm the platter and like a flat black sort of plank that contains everything else and it looks really nice Hmm. so sweet so sadly the gramavox was not the first record player to do this um it just did it in the most aesthetically pleasing way um another record player that i found uh is actually another sony product sony Hmm. apparently likes to push the envelope it's called the Sony PSF9, and no, that doesn't stand for PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And it came out way back in 1983. So, uh, well, do you know if that was the? I mean, it probably was the first of its kind. Uh, that is a good question. I don't know if it was the first vertical record player, but I think it was like the first notable uh, one, at least. Yeah, like consume, like popular consumer one. Well, I really, I actually like the design of this one a lot more than the Gramovox one. Really? Yeah. It's, I don't know. It just seems, it's got that, I don't know, even though it was, wow, this was back in 83, it looks fairly modern. Right? Like, even I was like thinking, from today's standards. It's, I know. I was thinking the same thing when I looked it up. Um, the interesting thing about this one is it actually is meant to be portable. Uh, you can stand it oh, up what? on its, yeah. You can stand it up on its end, uh, as you see it in the photo, or you can lie it flat, where, because the record is kind of sandwiched in between the two halves, not unlike yeah. the the Sony D88 CD player. Yeah, um, it is similar to that. It can, yeah, it's portable. You take it with you in a record, and everything's built in. So uh, how, do you, how do you hold it, though? You don't have to hold it. I mean, oh, I see what you're saying. Like, it's, how do you carry it? I mean... It's portable. <laughs> you hold it by it? the record, of course. It's, how do I say this? It's portable in the fact that, like, if you want to go over to your friend's house and they don't have a record player, you can bring it with you. And so oh, but it's, it's not, not portable, portable in the like sense like you're where gonna, you can, like, walk down the street holding yeah, it. Yeah, you're not going to be putting <laughs> this thing in your pocket. It's a giant pizza cutter. <laughs> I imagine, like, wearing it, like, on a chain, you know, like Flavor Flav or something. Walking down the street wearing this thing. Probably with a big pack of D batteries in your pocket. Uh, that is a good point, actually, Peter, is yes, it was um, battery operated. Oh, it was. Uh, oh, yes. Cool. But yeah, no, it, it, like you said, it does look pretty sleek and modern for a 1983 product. Hmm. And basically, yeah, it could play 7 inch records or 12 inch records at, you know, 45 or 33 RPM, respectively. Um, it had a linear, what's called a linear tracking direct drive, which unlike a belt drive, it acts more like a CD player where the, the, the 
axle or whatever that the record sits in, that is the object that turns. Direct drive vinyl is considered a bit inferior to belt driven only because uh, it has it causes more vibration in the record, uh, which is kind of a not a good thing when you're listening to them because that make, gives you more pops and skips and shit. So the belt um, kind of uh, dampens that exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it had a direct drive, so I mean, even though it was portable, it you know it wasn't meant to be you know super high end, you know, vibration limiting record player. Uh, it also had dual headphone sockets so two people can listen through headphones at the same time and the record clamping system which kind of holds the record in place uh so that it you know doesn't skip or bounce around too much but the funniest thing about this record player is because you're able to stand it up on its end in when it sold in japan it was nicknamed the flamingo because it kind of stood up, you know, tall like a flamingo, uh, I guess. Interesting. Japanese people apparently don't know what flamingos look like. Um. <laughs> oh, wait. I have to send you this picture, Kyle. Hang oh. on. So I found this picture of this this young person actually holding one of these in their hand with headphones and walking with it. So I s- you sort of can, at least for a marketing picture. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm curious, like, the heft of it. Like, how heavy was it, you know? Yeah, I'm sure that makes a big... I mean, it's probably heavy as hell, honestly. If any of you listeners who were around in the 80s have either seen these or had one, let let us know if you saw them as, like, a, a truly portable device. I mean, I say that, but, you know, in the 80s, people were carrying huge-ass boomboxes on their shoulder and That's acting, like they were, acting like they were <laughs> portable, so... So actually, by 80s standards... Yeah, exactly. But Haiti standards, you know, that is super portable and tiny. Right. It's kind of funny. We're we're kind of, you know, as a younger generation, we're kind of, our definition of portable is probably very different from people in the 80s, you know. Right. They're just like, they're like, it has a handle like a briefcase. It's portable. (laughs) Whereas us, it's like, oh, it it can't fit in my pocket and, you know, it's not portable. Hmm. Uh, Um. So bad news for people who want to buy one of these. <laughs> oh no! Uh, here's the here's the eBay listings. Um, the first one that comes up, it's working, uh, fifteen hundred dollars. That's another Jesus. one that's about twenty two hundred dollars. Um, wow, there's really only there's literally like three on there right now. Yeah, no, I I I almost now that record players are back, I almost want Sony to somehow remake this. Or, like, make, like, a more modern version of it or something. That would be legit. There's actually one that says it's in great working condition, and it's only $750. Which really, I think, is a steal compared to what the other ones are going for. Yeah. Uh, I think you you should buy it, Peter. No. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. I, um... So, I don't know if... Did you research any more beyond these? Because, um... I did want to mention one more if you didn't do research I, on this last link I had. I did not. Okay. Um, so we're going to go a little bit off the cuff because we didn't write it down. But um, Audio-Technica at some point released something called the AT727 Soundburger, um, <laughs> which I think is a, it's similar. It's it's kind of like the, the Sony one we were talking about. It's smaller than the, the Sony PSF9. Um but it, it's definitely similar in structure. What is interesting about it that I'm saying, though, is unlike the mm. Sony PS 
F9. I hate keep that I keep having to say that. Uh, which it was direct uh, direct drive. This one actually has a needle. That's not like yeah built into the system. Yeah, so it's got like the whole clamp design going on, but then it does have a needle coming out the side of it, which is uh, an extra little interesting thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a good thing to point out. So unsurprisingly, I think this thing came out in the eighties. I'm for some reason having a tough time nailing down a year, possibly 1989. Don't quote me on that listeners. Um, from what I can tell, right at, you know, just looking really quickly as we're talking. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that also existed. It seems, it seems it might've actually been audio Technica's response to the Sony PSF nine. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is the, wh- one of the th- uh, things you linked in here, it's a little, blog um on the site discogs called my quest for a portable turntable Mm -hmm. um the guy does reference the sony psf9 there's there's apparently two models there's the psf5 and the psf9 he basically said that the downsides of those as opposed to the audio technica one was because of the direct drive it actually was more likely to damage or scratch the records Uh Interesting. And I guess because it had linear, what's called linear tracking, when it would go between two tracks, uh, it wasn't always super precise. Uh, oh. And sometimes would jump into like in deeper into a song. This is the Sony one you're talking about? Yes. Okay. And just like we said here, basically because this guy is searching for them in a modern sense, he basically said the Sonys are expensive as hell uh, mm-hmm. to purchase in the modern day. So that's how... Mm-hmm. He settled on the uh, Audio Technica Sound Burger uh, mm. because it had a shape similar to the Sony. It's battery powered like the Sony, but that's pretty much for the only two similarities. The mm. the this uh, Sound Burger is designed to be played flat on a table, not stand up like the. Uh, oh, okay. Like so, can Sony. you? Does it have a carrying like strap thing? It's got a little handle on the end. So it's portable in that sense that you can carry it with you, but it's kind of meant to be, yeah. you know, set down on a table. Um, Interesting. And like like we said, the arm is a normal, what's called a manual turntable arm. Uh, so it doesn't do that problematic skipping between tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically the, the biggest reason he said is that they're not that expensive <laughs> in modern times to buy as opposed to the uh, Sony... Yeah, so. it's. Uh, I'm trying to find one really quick on eBay. I think there was one for like 500 bucks, which, as um, we found with record players, is, isn't that bad. Well, right, and it's not. Um, I'm also. I'm just. I'm just trying to find more listings really quick. Yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. lot of. Um, there's no shortage of uh, like replacement parts on eBay, which is a good thing, because that means it's really easy to find mm-hmm. uh, stuff. Yeah, they seem to be going for roughly four to five hundred bucks, which really isn't that bad considering like the Sony one was going for upwards of over two thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, another so that's a good thing. Another interesting thing about this one uh, is it's actually belt driven, unlike the Sony, which mm-hmm. I remember we were talking about how belt driven is kind of seen as superior to direct drive. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the whole point of what this guy is saying because he's a bit of an audiophile when it comes to records and he sees the sound burger as like the superior portable record player as opposed to say the sony ps 
F9 um, simply because it's it's not direct drive. It has a belt, it has a tone arm, and it's meant to be played flat, so it doesn't screw screw with your records too much. Mm-hmm. So, and the funny thing is, it comes in different colors, just like we were talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think if you're going to get one of that general design, that it sounds like that one's actually the better model to get. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I found about that, the Audio Technica one, is that. Um, in 2010, it looks like uh, Crosley made uh, their own version of that same model, or like basically copying exactly that model. Mm-hmm. Um, Is it called the Soundburger? I no, I'm on their website really quick, and it doesn't look like they sell it. So, granted, this was almost 10 years ago, so I don't know if that was a limited release thing. Um, but at the time, it was going for 150, which not bad. is a lot better than even the. Audio Technica one. So, yeah, hopefully this episode made any sense to listeners who aren't looking at pictures. But, you know, this might be one where you, I say this at the end, you know, it might be, you know, good to look at pictures as you listen through the episode. <laughs> Obviously, that's not helpful now. Provide your own uh, visual uh, material. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I actually really like this episode a lot, and we had more to talk about than I was expecting. So, if you can think of any other weird music players or if you owned any of these um during their popularity uh you can let us know on our facebook page at facebook.com slash get your funk uh if you want to listen to this episode and any other episodes we have uh all 246 marvel movies uh (laughs) you can listen to those on our website at getyourfunk.com um we also have a tip jar where you can give us money so that we can make as much money as Avengers Endgame did. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't, I don't think our production value is quite up to par. But, quite there. Uh, we need more explosions. If, if you throw change at Kyle, he'll do a little dance. <laughs> so, Dance, monkey, dance. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah. I, I, would, I would legit uh, like to know if there are more weird things that we didn't catch uh for this because i like these a lot mm-hmm. if there's enough maybe we'll do a sequel woo woo so yeah this has been your host kyle and this has been your host peter and you have been the listeners thanks for listening to funk radio we'll be back once again uh to talk about other stuff yeah bye bye we love you <laughs>